Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. This is Where We Live. I'm Jeff Cohen in for Lucy Nalbethanchel. 20 years ago today, something bad happened in the city of Hartford. The Whalers played their last game and then they left. But today, something good will happen in the city's sports life. That's because today we'll see the first pitch in the first home game, the first home stand for the minor league Hartford Yard Goats. It's the first professional game at the city's new Dunkin' Donuts Park, and it's the beginning of a season that was a mess in the making that was supposed to happen last year but didn't, and that is, for a lot of people, a relief. It's also a test. The stadium was built on a promise, one that's about reviving a neighborhood, not just a private franchise. And because of tie-ups and court cases with the stadium's former developer, whether that will actually happen is unclear. So today, where we live, We'll root a bit for the home team, but we'll also take a closer look at the stadium, the city, and their futures together. What will baseball look like in 20 years? What will Hartford look like? And when we look back, how will the stadium be judged? Coming up, we'll check in with Hartford Mayor Luke Bronin. We'll also sit down with Yard Goats owner Josh Solomon, and we want to hear from you. You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Email where we live at WNPR.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at where we live. But first... It looks like they're really going to play baseball. How much of a success is is that by itself? That's a huge success. WNPR launched a new project this week, a podcast about the Hartford Yard Goats and their first season at home. It's called The Second First Season, and here to tell us more about it is host and producer Jonathan McNichol. Good morning, Jonathan. Hey, Jeff. Okay, so you are a producer for the Colin McEnroe Show here at WNPR, but you are also the host of the second first season. So what is the second first season? The second first season uh, will hopefully be a a podcast that tells the story of the Yard Goats in their second first season, their their first season as a home team, their first season playing in Hartford, Hmm. their first season at Dunkin' Donuts Park, the story kind of behind the team. Kind of behind the baseball. So is this a, I know a little bit about it because you and I have spoken about it, but for the yeah. listener's benefit, what's your focus? Is this for sports fans? Is it for Hartford fans? Is, is it for baseball fans? I hope it's for all those things. I think I think what I'm really aiming at is is sports fans who are interested in, you know, the machinations of, of how things work mm. and people who are not sports fans who are interested in, in those things and just interesting stories. Like what? What, what, what sort of things can we expect going forward as we travel the next, I don't know, what, eight or nine episodes? Is that what you're going Nine is the plan. Nine is the plan. Um, the, the, the second episode that I'm working right now on is about partly the grounds crew, how they actually keep the field up, how they made the field, all the little details of, of that. I want to learn and tell about scouting and the mascots and coaching and... All those little pieces, and and on the grounds crew. I mean, here we are. It's it's April, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my grass is greening on my lawn, but only f- briefly, right? I mean, is that part of? Is that a challenge in New England to to grow grass in a baseball stadium I, that's I, ready I, for opening day? I believe it is. I Kyle, who's the head grounds crew guy over there, the turf crew. Mm. I'm pretty sure he was the only person who was happy that they didn't play any games for a year. Because he got all that time for the grass to grow and the sod to root, and it's a real field, and you wouldn't have that. 
All right, so let me ask you this. Podcasts are sort of the the coolest kids in town when it comes to public radio or certainly in a lot of things. Like They're like the the neat, new, mm-hmm. shiny toy. They're getting a bit of a, of a good name for themselves. Why did you choose uh, a podcast? Why is this the best way to treat this story as opposed to, say, going to Colin's show, which you produce, and doing a, an extended treatment on, on the Yard Goats in their first season? I think there's, there's a few answers to that question. One of them is it kind of gives me the freedom to spread it out and stretch it out and and find the good weird funny little stories that can be whatever length they end up being Mm. without having to fit into a broadcast hour um it also means there can be swear words occasionally Mm. it also means i can do you know fun things with music and and that kind of stuff is it that it's a different way of telling a story right right i think i I don't want to say anything bad about broadcast obviously but maybe richer maybe we can do a a richer thing this way Careful there, buddy. I know, I know. So uh, the first installment came out uh, earlier this week. Why don't you tell us about what folks can hear? So the, the the first episode of the second first season is called The First First Season. I thought I had to tell this whole story leading up to what will hopefully happen tonight, barring any acts of God or anything. Hmm. The, the story of there was a team in New Britain. Now there's a team in Hartford. There was no baseball park in Hartford. Then there was another year of no baseball park in Hartford. Mm-hmm. Now there's a baseball park in Hartford. All of the politics and arguing and all of that. And, you know, if folks haven't followed this saga for a while, it's a it's a, a long tale that began with a bit of surprise. I mean, the, the, the Hartford Yard Goats used to be the New Britain Rockcats. And, uh, for 30 years, 33 years. In a much different environment and in a much... Yeah different location. You you take us back to the beginning in that first episode. Who will we hear from, uh, even back to that critical moment of when there was some real surprise? It was it was a real surprise, right? I mean, you covered it at the time. The day that that was announced, it had started leaking out for a couple of days that maybe this was going to happen. And actually, the, the mayor of New Britain, Aaron Stewart, came out and said it wasn't going to happen. And then it was announced that it would. And then she said, I really couldn't see this happening without at least a phone call or a conversation from them to give me a heads up, which is why it's pretty surprising to me and and hard to believe. So that's New Britain Mayor Erin Stewart. And she was surprised. A lot of us who were covering it were surprised at the time. And this, uh, you know, Mayor Pedro Segarra came out and he had a press conference also. What what did you? Right. At the time, it seemed like a a solution to a problem that didn't exist. But I, I think from from maybe Cigar's point of view, th- there were some problems that you could fix with this. Um, a big part of this is, was the, the north end of Hartford, which which is a neighborhood that, that was cut off by the I-84 hmm. decades ago and is at this point kind of empty. And his thought was to put maybe a baseball team there and then, you know, people would come. This project will reconnect a neighborhood that for almost a half a century has been an unproductive sea of parking lots yielding no harvest. So that's part, uh, having been there as a reporter, that's part of this story. This is not just a story, right, about a baseball team and a new stadium uh, in a sea of unproductive parking lots, but rather what might grow uh, around that stadium. So the idea of how are we going to look back at the stadium and judge whether or not this is a success? And, and, And I know that's something that you get to. What did you hear from people when you were asking that really critical question, what is success? The, the people who I talked to about this in, include kind of the full range of support for this project. On one end, there's some people who are very skeptical that there can even be a success here, um, people like Ken Kryeski. Evidence of success will be when we see Buckley, Hartford Public, and Sports Sciences and Weaver fielding top-rate baseball teams that get to play in our stadium. On the other end, there's, there's a guy like Fernando Betancourt right in the neighborhood who 
was totally for it and is totally for it. I think that the success is measured by long-term success of the of the enterprise that is opening. I think that you measure success by what was there before, which was absolutely nothing. Jonathan McNichol, you're the producer of the second first season. Tell me, is there anything you learned about the project, the people, the the stadium itself that's really surprised you? You know, um, th- there's a lot of, of the normal, uh, I don't want to use the word machinations again, but I'm going to, machinations of, of politics and business in, in this whole story in this first episode. Um, that that you'd expect, but the parts that I was really drawn to, actually, as you know, and talking to me about it, is is the, the stories of incompetence um, that that thread through it. There's there's one in the episode about uh, a redevelopment meeting where they had to figure out whether three can be a majority of six or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that story. There's there's one that didn't make it into the episode about a parcel of land that the city needed to buy back that they kind of discovered that they had actually owned and sold with a condition that they could take it back and they just never bothered to see if that condition was meant and they missed the window to take it back it's it's these funny goofy little stories like that that are in it that that surprised me and that i enjoyed process you like pro- i like process right. stories terrific right. all right so before i let you go where can folks go to listen to your new podcast i i as, as far as i know it's everywhere you can get your podcast it's itunes and stitcher and all that stuff and it's on our website uh, wmpr.org Slash second first. Terrific. And before I let you go, Jonathan, like it or not, will join me tonight uh, and our WNPR team <laughs> like live live at Dunkin' Donuts Park, where we'll be broadcasting throughout the night, live on Facebook Live starting at 5.30. So, Jonathan, how excited are you to be live on, on not television, but Facebook Live? I'm going to explain to the listeners, I will only be on for one segment. There will be only one segment that will include my beard. That's Jonathan McNichol. This is Where We Live. I'm Jeff Cohen in for Lucy Nalpathanchel. We have to take a break. When we come back, we'll take an even deeper look at Hartford's minor league team and stadium. What will it take for either to be seen as a success in Connecticut's capital city? To answer that question, Mayor Luke Bronin will be here along with Yard Goats owner Josh Solomon, and we want to hear from you. You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Email us, wherewelive at wnpr.org, and find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is Where We Live. I'm Jeff Cohen, in for Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today we're talking about minor league baseball. The Hartford Yard Goats will play their first game tonight in the capital city. Here to talk about what this all means for Hartford and the state are Hartford Mayor Luke Bronin. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, Jeff. And team owner Josh Solomon, owner of the Hartford Yard Goats. Josh, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Okay, you can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Email at where we live at WNPR.org, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. So, Mayor Bronin, let's start with you. You weren't exactly all keen on the stadium when you were running for office. This predates you, and you inherited it. Uh, how does it feel now? Well, look, 
I've got three little kids, and I can't wait to take them to the games. Uh, you know, if you asked me, is it better to have a baseball park than no baseball park? The answer is yes. My problem was always that I didn't think it made sense for a city in fiscal distress to spend upwards of $100 million to get that baseball park. So my problem was always with the financials. But I think at this moment, you know, having gone through all of the uh, the process over the last year of getting this train back on the tracks, you know, dealing with the months uh, of delay from a contractor who was in way over their heads, mm -hmm. uh, dealing with the, the cost overruns, uh, and dealing with that in a way that didn't put any new burden on the taxpayers, I think this is a day that Hartford can declare victory. Uh, and I think no matter what you thought about the ballpark when it was originally proposed, and that applies to me too, it's time to embrace it, and it's time to enjoy it, uh, and it's time to make sure that it is a success. And, you know, I went over to the soft opener the other night, uh, which was the Hartford Hawks against Quinnipiac. Mm. Uh, I had two of my three kids there. They had an amazing time, and I think everybody who was there uh, enjoyed the experience and, and saw what is probably the most beautiful minor league ballpark in the country. We'll come back to the finances in a little while uh, later in the program, but you, you mentioned a, a victory for Hartford. Um, talk about the importance of that as the as the mayor of the capital city. Uh, and Because and, a lot of times when we see you, you're doing celebratory things, but very often when, when I come to see you, it's because we're talking difficult things about finances, right. about public safety. So talk about the context of a victory for the city. Well, look, when I talk about as victory for the city, you've got to remember that a year ago or even six months ago, uh, it was not guaranteed that we'd be having an opening day today. You know, when I when I took office, uh, right about the same time that I took office, uh, the contractors that were doing doing the stadium before revealed that they were ten million dollars over budget and months behind schedule. And so that first three weeks of my administration was trying to put the pieces together, mm. uh, set a new deadline. Uh, but as that deadline approached and it was clear that the contractor was not going to deliver on their promises, we had to act boldly. We had to fire them. Uh, that meant construction stopped for a while. We put pressure uh, on the insurance company, Arch Insurance, to come to the table and take responsibility. And if I could, that was not a universally popular move. No, no. There were a lot of people at the time who said, because you're doing this, it's never going to get done. And my view was that unless we did that, it would never get done. Mm. And so looking back... Looking back, uh, I don't think there's any question that uh, it was the right decision. And if we hadn't made that decision to take the risk and act boldly and fire center plan uh, and get Arch Insurance to step up to the table, which took a few months of negotiation, uh, I don't think we'd be celebrating this day today. Uh, but we did do that. And as a result of that, we not just got the ball, we didn't just get the ballpark done, but we got it done without asking the taxpayers to pay the tens of millions of dollars more that Arch Insurance has had to pay to get it done. Uh, Josh, you're the, the team owner, and I remember a press conference when we announced this, and the, the plan itself for a stadium went through multiple iterations, right? It went from just a stadium to a stadium plus a neighborhood. Uh, the, very, the, the differences of who, paid, who would pay for the stadium, that changed over time. Yet, you've always been pretty optimistic uh, about the whole process. That said, was the last year – tell me about the last year. It couldn't have been an easy one. No, Jeff, it, was, it was certainly was not an easy one. Um, I think that um, we both – both Mayor Bronin and I um, ended up with a contractor who was well over their head um, and who was not 100 percent forthright with where they were, both fiscally as well as um, – you know, uh, from a construction standpoint. Um, and so we were constantly battling uh, that. 
Um, but I think at the end of the day, what the city of Hartford is going to have in this ballpark should be a real engine for growth. And although you although you mentioned that you know it was just a baseball stadium, then it was a uh, more than a baseball stadium. It never was just going to be a baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. The baseball stadium was going to be the first piece of a redevelopment uh, of that area. And I think now that it's here, I think we're going to see that it really is. It's probably worth noting, for, uh, just while we're all here, the people who aren't here are the original developers. Uh, and they might dispute some of your analysis of the way things went. And we're still in, you're still in court. I mean, you'll be in court for some time. Well, look, Jeff, you know, the, the last time I was in this studio <laughs> talking about the baseball stadium, uh, Center Plan was in the studio as well. Uh, and what they said uh, back in June was that the ballpark was 97% complete. Uh, and that the, c- the city was completely unjustified in terminating them. I think the world has all has learned since that that was uh, not true, mm-hmm. that uh, it took Arch Insurance and Whiting-Turner, which who did an outstanding job, months of work to correct the enormous mistakes that Center Plan had made, and then months of work to finish the job that hadn't been mm-hmm. done. So I, I think that uh, one of the reasons we felt that, and I felt that it was without question the right decision is that I lost confidence not just in their ability to get the job done, but in their uh, in their uh, truthfulness mm-hmm. with the public, with the city, with the press. But uh, the bottom line is that we were able to make that break yep. and to get the project into the hands of very competent developers. And I will say both to Arch Insurance and to Whiting-Turner, uh, they did an outstanding job. To that point, uh, there was an article, Josh, this morning, Danny Har, our good friend in the Hartford Current, uh, wrote an article that it, I think the headline essentially says, uh, it's time to separate the two. It's time to separate the process from the from the, <clears throat> from the from today. Go and enjoy a baseball game. Uh, and we'll come back to this idea. But is that is that where you are in your mind? Are you able, first of all, are you able to do that as the team owner? I mean, legally you can't do that, but emotionally, can you compartmentalize these two things and go to a game tonight and have a good time? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I've had to do that uh, for the past 18 months. Mm. Um, I certainly can enjoy it. And when you walk in that park and you see the pride with which uh, Hartford residents look around the stadium and say, this is our park. To have such a jewel in the north end of the city, I think, is something that I certainly am very proud of. And I think all the people involved in getting this park um, built uh, are as well. Uh, that's team owner Josh Solomon with the Hartford Yard Goats. I'm joined here by Hartford Mayor Luke Bronin. Also, I'm Jeff Cohen in for Lucien Alpathanchel. This is where we live. If you have a question or a comment related to Hartford's baseball team or stadium, we want to hear from you. Are you more likely to go to a game in Hartford than New Britain? Can the stadium be a spark for this city? Give us a call, 860-275-7266. Or join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. We've got a couple tweets coming in. Uh, a tweet from Kathy who says, I wasn't sure opening night would happen for the Yard Goats, and I wish the team all the best. Uh, if Dono neighborhood improves, that's a success. Another tweet from Ben, a phenomenal case study for someone like myself who studied public administration. Also, I've been in favor from the start. So some positive feedback. Josh, let me, let me back you way up, though. Explain to people who may not have followed this, why was it important to move the team from, from one you know, Connecticut city center to another Connecticut city center? Sure. Um, it, it, it was never our intention when we bought the team five years ago to leave New Britain. Um, I think what 
transpired in the first season of ownership was a series of significant issues that we had um, with the ballpark. Um, the, the, the most important being uh, the number one prospect for the Red Sox um, was trying to leg out a triple and um, basically wiped out as he rounded second um, and got taken off the field, um, at which time the umps went out and realized that uh, the field had been overwatered, mm. um, yet you know it, it hadn't rained in, in five days, um, and it had been mishandled. And so after receiving um, both <laughs> phone calls and letters from the Red Sox, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, the Twins, um, pleading with us that this has been uh, going on for years, problems with the facility, um, that the team needed to be able to take over the maintenance of it. That, that's, these are all very stadium sort of tenant, uh, landlord-tenant kind of issues. Well, I think it gets to the point of we try to get the city to allow us to take mm-hmm. over the management of the park um, to no avail. Um, the head of our league, everyone came in, met, and they weren't able to do it. And we realized we had uh, a couple of years left on our lease, and we were dealing with an administration that would not bend at all on the ability to take over the maintenance of the stadium. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to, that, it, that, that we were not going to end up staying there. And here we are, is it now three years later? Three, two, two and a half years? My it's, all, brain it's all blending it's together all blending. now. All right. uh, it's, uh, let's let's take, uh, take the brain break here and, and get a call from Jane in New Haven, who uh, wants to weigh in. Jane, good morning. Good morning. I uh, appreciate you taking the call. I, I think some credit should be given in recognition to the previous administration who exercised a tremendous amount of leadership in initiating this and making it happen. And it's a little bit distressing having heard all of the rhetoric uh, from the new mayor in Hartford about how terrible this was and what a bad idea. You know, really, you know, taking joy and credit today uh, when, you know, the thing is done. So I think the previous administration really deserves some credit, and uh, I hope that this is a great thing for Hartford. I certainly am going to support it, and uh, I just think credit should be given to the previous administration for its leadership role in bringing this to the city. Thank you, Jane. Mr. Mayor? Sure. Look, I, I, uh, I respect the comment. I would, I would say the following. Uh, I, I don't think we should have invested $100 million uh, as a city that is in deep fiscal distress, I mean, in urgent fiscal crisis. I don't think that was the right decision. And, uh, and I can separate that hmm. from the fact that it is an exciting thing today to have a great ballpark. But the other thing is, it's really important to remember, uh, I, I don't need to take credit personally, but I want to give a lot of credit to the team uh, in the city who has worked their butts off over the last year to get this project on track. I can't overstate enough how far off track this project was. Uh, when, when we came in, there was no stadium in sight. You know, you had a contractor that was uh, so far over their heads and so misleading about where we stood that without some really tough decisions uh, and without an enormous investment of time from city team, Sean Fitzpatrick, our development director, Mike Looney, who has uh, become the project manager, this would not have happened and we would not have a stadium today. So I give uh, my team a lot of credit, and uh, and I still believe that uh, from a fiscal standpoint, it wasn't the right decision. But to your question a couple of minutes ago, Jeff, I can absolutely separate 
my concerns about the original process with my excitement about tonight and my feelings about how good it's going to be to get thousands of people come into the downtown, uh, feet on the street, uh, complimenting the fact that UConn's coming downtown in the, the fall. Yet, yet, nevertheless, and, and uh, as someone who watched this process from the very beginning, uh, even if you, if you um, give the former mayor, Mayor Segarra, Pedro Segarra, the credit for, for the inception, with, certainly with Josh, who said, I need to move my team, I need a new home, right? Uh, and even though the process may have been bungled and off the rails when you came to office, there is no avoiding what uh, this tweet we got. Uh, can we – here's a tweet. Can we talk about the fact that municipally funded arenas never recoup costs, even counting surrounding development? Which, which gets me to this question. I remember being at one of these public hearings uh, on the stadium. It was a public hearing – a public meeting of the city council. And I, one of the city uh, council people, Councilwoman Cynthia Jennings, asked – the city, how much will these current projections cost the residents of the city of Hartford? And this was the answer. Zero on their real estate tax. All of the revenues identified are either coming from the development themselves or by use of the various assets, meaning going to a game, parking in a facility, parking in a surface lot. There is no citywide tax associated with any of the revenues identified there that may well be true yet there is there will be for two decades or more right or is it for 25 years four and a half million dollars that the taxpayers have to come up with you know better than i do that's almost a percent of your annual operating budget um you can't put the past behind really can you no although i will say uh, I, I wish it weren't so but that four and a half million dollars is a small fraction of the fiscal challenge we face. Not to minimize it, uh, because we're struggling for every you know hundred thousand dollars, let alone every million dollars. But that uh, burden is a small fraction of the the massive fiscal challenge we face. And you know we've talked about it. The reason for our fiscal challenge is that we've got a city that has a property tax base that's smaller than some suburbs. Mm. You know we got less taxable property than West Hartford, and that's why we have such a massive and urgent uh, fiscal crisis and you know we've talked about that and I'm happy yeah. to talk more about that but but the coming back to the to the stadium look there there are some revenues generated by the ballpark mm. it's also important to say even though uh, the dono parcels the parcels that were part of this project uh, are not under construction right now and we're going to be working hard to get them developed I think you can say that it has spurred some some interest by developers and some investment already. You know whether it's the Candlewood Suites uh, just down the yeah. road from the ballpark, whether it's the conversion of part of Radisson uh, to uh, uh, the upgrade and conversion of that to, to partly residential. Uh, it, I, I think that matters. And again, back to the the feeling in a city when you have a few thousand people coming downtown mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis and supporting restaurants, supporting businesses, supporting retail, supporting coffee shops. Uh, that stuff matters. We're going to uh, hit a break in a little bit. Before we do, I uh, just want to remind you this is where we live. We want to hear from you. Can this stadium work for the city and the state? Give us a call, 860-275-7266. Uh, now take a quick call, if we could, from Derek uh, in Windsor. Derek, thanks for joining us. Uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, I I think a stadium is a good thing for any city, and Hartford is a large enough city to have its own stadium. But my two concern is that when I see you can teams playing in Hartford, most of what I see is white folks going to these games. And one of the things that I think a stadium does is to bring people together. Uh, my question for the mayor and the owner is what are they going to do to make sure the, the community, the city, is galvanized 
around every ethnicity, not just one set of people going to the games, because I don't know if a lot of black folks really are into baseball, and I understand it's a baseball stadium. So are there going to be any other sports that other ethnicity like that they can go and support the city or is, you know, what are they going to do to make sure incentive-wise that everybody comes out, not just one set of people? That's right. Derek, thank you for your call. That's an, that's an interesting call there, Josh, from the very beginning. This has been a stadium uh, that has had bigger neighborhood uh, and community um, concerns, certainly from the beginning, and then an effort to, to really involve more people um in the project, not just the stadium project, meaning the development around the stadium. But to his specific point, uh, I know, uh, having done some reporting, that community relations is something that's top, uh, a big priority for you. So talk briefly about it if you could. First of all, thank you. It's a great question, and um, it is critically important to us that this be a park um, for all types of folks. Um, one of the things that makes Hartford uh, so unique and such a great city is the diversity of folks that are here. Um, we want this to be everybody's ballpark, mm. and we are going to go out of our way, whether it's for festivals or what have you, or playing, having cricket on the field, or a whole host of other activities that get all sorts of folks to come out and enjoy the ballpark. Um, one of the things that's, that's nice about minor league baseball is you don't even have to be a baseball fan to have a lot of fun there. Um, we are uh, amusement first and foremost and um, affordable. Um, and, and I think what you'll find is when you go to a minor league baseball game, half the people aren't even paying attention to the game. Sure. They're watching people bowl down first baseline. Could you make an argument, part. though, like in, for this, this is a city-funded stadium. Could you make an argument, and I jokingly say this, but uh, this is a city stadium, Right. Could you make an argument that you show up and you've got your your ID that says I'm a resident of the city of Hartford that I should get like a discount or like a I mean it, you know I mean eight, on the one hand it's eight dollars on the other hand with a family of four it's it's not just eight dollars so prices start at six dollars thank you um, for you it's ten Jeff um, <laughs> but but I but I think being able to take a family of four out for entertainment for an evening that you'll be able to do for under fifty bucks is less than going to a movie. Mm. And it sure is a, be a better night of entertainment. Um, and, and I think one thing that's really important to note is that this is built in the north end of Hartford. There has not been this kind of development in the north end of Hartford mm. in 30 or 40 years. It is going to be a spark. People should be incredibly proud of that park being in their neighborhood. One more call before we hit a break. Josh in Hartford. Hi, John. This is Josh, this is where we live. Hey, Jeff and Josh and everyone else, uh, Mayor Brunin. I, you know, I hear this talk about, well, it's just $6, but it's not $6. It's $6 plus a share of $70 million for one of the poorest cities in the nation. And the talk about the spark and the pride is all well and good, but we should face facts. These municipally funded stadiums never recoup their costs, never, not Camden Yards in Baltimore, not the stadium in Dayton that Mayor Segarra always talked about. They never recoup their costs. And so to say that it's 6 bucks per ticket, well, it's 6 bucks per ticket if you live in the suburbs, but if you live here in Hartford, it's a huge amount more. And, yeah, it's better than an empty lot, I guess, except that $70 million would do a lot of good and leave the empty lot. You know, we have schools and transit and streets and things that need fixing. So it's easy for Mr. Solomon to say that because he's probably making money hand over fist. But for the city, 
we're just getting the short end of the stick. I'm with you. Uh, I hear you, Josh. Thank you for your call. Mr. Mayor, uh, Josh, we'll come back to you after the break, but Mr. Mayor, you wanted to jump in. Look, I mean, Josh, I, I agree with you, your assessment, but I also know that the city borrowed the money to build the stadium two years ago, and as from the moment that money was borrowed, we were going to be paying that debt. And so what we should all do is do everything we can to make it a success. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, while you work to make it a success, also recognizing that it's a lot of fun hmm. uh, and that it is a beautiful stadium and that it, uh, it will bring more energy to downtown. I don't think there's any, anything you know, inconsistent about agreeing 100% with your assessment, your assessment about the, the uh, financial return of publicly financed ballparks and recognizing that that decision was made and now our job is to make sure that it is a success and not be afraid to enjoy it and embrace it as we do. Here we are, opening day for the Hartford Yard Goats. We're going to head to a break. This is where we live. I'm Jeff Cohen in for Lucy Nalpathanchel. That is Hartford Mayor Luke Bronin. We're joined by team owner Josh Solomon, owner of the Hartford Yard Goats. We have to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We'll also check in with a longtime Hartford resident and get your thoughts on the city's team and ballpark. Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Email wherewelive at wnpr.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is where we live. I'm Jeff Cohen in for Lucy Nalpathanchel. Take us out of the ball game. Let's get out of the park. Don't feed us peanuts and cracker jack. Not until Hartford is back in the black. Oh boy, that audio comes from a 2014 meeting at Hartford's public library uh, right downtown in Hartford. Their residents voiced their opinions about the city's stadium and neighborhood development plans. Do you have thoughts about the stadium project? Does it make you want to sing? Um, maybe don't sing, though, when you call, although you could. You can join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Email where we live at WNPR or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Joining us in studio today to voice their opinions are Hartford Mayor Luke Bronin, team owner Josh Solomon. And I also want to welcome to the program longtime Hartford resident Jamil Ragland. He's a freelance writer and co-founder of the blog Nutmegger Daily. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So uh, I want to get to the question uh, that we were discussing a little bit earlier, which was today in the Hartford Current, our friend Danny Har makes the, the argument, you know, get over the process already. Go enjoy some baseball. This is a day to celebrate, a season to celebrate. Uh, you're not terribly optimistic, though, uh, about the stadium. No, I'm not. I'm not optimistic, as several people have pointed out already, that municipal, um, municipally funded baseball parks and parks in general generally don't recoup their funds or almost never do. I'm not optimistic that the park will actually serve as a connection point between downtown and the North End. Mm. My question is, I, I walked past the stadium on Tuesday night, and it is a beautiful stadium, and I saw the, seat, I saw the stadium was full for the, um, the soft open on Tuesday night. My question is, how many of those people are going to come out of that park and go into the North End proper after the game? Are they going to go into Main Street in the North End and go to Hot Pots and get food? Are they going to go get their hair cut at some of the barber shops in the North End? And what do you, what's your presumed answer to that question? No. And why would, you know... The case has not been made that 
those people who are coming into downtown Hartford, specifically for that baseball game, are going to then move into the North End, move into Upper Albany, move into other parts of the city and spend their money in the neighborhoods. And is that a, is that a, a demographic thing that you see happening now without the stadium? Or is that something, is that a, an expectation of a new project that you would have going forward? That, as the, the stadium was presented to the city and to the residents as something to connect downtown to the North End, mm. it was presented as something that would bridge that gap as something that would provide opportunity for development in the North End. And the North End is being very narrowly defined right now as the lots around the stadium, as opposed to the largest part of the city, which it is, which includes Blue Hills Avenue, Albany Avenue, Main Street, Capon Street, all those areas. Mm. It has not been demonstrated at all that that sort of development, the stadium is going to have any effects on those areas. And it also hasn't been demonstrated that the people who that the development that is even planned around the stadium is going to happen. Josh, you have a a, a, a tall order ahead of you. You're you're not just building a ballpark. Uh, if you if you wanted just a ballpark uh, off a highway, you had that, right? Yeah, you had that, that in New Britain. You you yeah. have a different place with a different set of expectations that really have from the inception come along with the promise. Uh, just as Jamil has said, this will not just be uh, a jewel in a vacant crown, right? But rather a jewel that will populate the crown. I'm going to kill that before you go any further with it. But how do you respond to, to Jamil? Uh, and well, I, I think, um, first of all, thanks for uh, for coming on. It's, gr- it's great to hear this feedback, and I think it's important, an important discussion to have. I think we have always looked at this as something that should provide um, impetus for real growth in the area. Um, we're not the developers, mm. um, either of the ballpark, neither the ballpark nor the lots around it, but we're going to do everything in our power to employ as many people from the city of Hartford, one, and engage the community at the ballpark and do things to help improve the, the community. Um, and if that goes through our internship programs. That goes to having cultural events. We want this to feel like everybody's park. And we are going to do everything in our power um, to see that it does improve um, the city uh, there, as a whole. There is that tension that, that has always existed and does exist in these things. Uh, I, I won't ask you to tell me if you're making, as Josh said before the break, money hand over fist. But Right. Uh, teams are not an inexpensive operation. This is not something that's I mean, that, that is just a fact. Yet here we are in one of the state's poorest cities. There is that tension. Um, how do you how do you how do you how does that sit with you? How does how do you understand that? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, uh, I can answer the question. No, we've not made any money. So um, <laughs> on this ball, on this team, so, uh, this project so far, you will, but, though. Well, I think the people don't invest in minor league baseball uh, in order to just make money. I think there's lots of simpler um, and easier ways uh, to invest capital. Mm-hmm. You do this because you love baseball, you love community, and it's a great way to give back. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to do that in an effective fashion here. Um, I think that, um, that you're right, there is a tension. Mm. I think if you look at great cities... Great cities have institutions like professional sports. Great cities have cultural events and um, places of gathering that may not provide a direct 
economic response commensurate with the out-of-pocket expense. But in my view, that by no means uh, uh, defines whether uh, you should do it or not as uh, from, from from start to finish. What about um, jobs? We, we, there have been job fairs. This is a, has been touted as a place uh, for local residents to get good-paying jobs. Can you talk a little bit? Granted, they are seasonal jobs, temporary jobs, but tell me about that a little bit, about your efforts to employ Hartford residents. Yeah, I think um, we had a, a, a recent job fair where we had over 800 people show up. Mm. Um, we've hired uh, north of uh, 300, I think 350 people, um, and uh, it's it's been a huge success that way. Jamil, uh, a do you, um, do you see those jobs in in your community? I have not as yet. I've uh, known people that have gone to job fairs and gone to the events to try to yeah. find employment. Um, that's not to say they don't exist. I can't speak um, definitively sure. up to that point, but let, I do know people have applied for work there. So let me ask you, the earlier point you made had to do with, you know, to what extent will this project bring people from the park into the rest of the city, specifically the north end of the city of Hartford? What What about the reverse? Do you... Do you go, are you going to go tonight? Are you going to go to a game? Do you see yourself using this as a, as a city amenity? Is it something that you find attractive, even if it doesn't make sense? So I, I, I'm glad you asked me that question. I um, read uh, Aaron Wilkinson's comments on Facebook. I'm friends with him on Facebook. I read his comments yesterday regarding his decision not to set foot in, this, in the stadium. And I 100% support that decision. I 100% support his voicing of that opinion. Hmm. I 100% support the idea that people can make a decision about how they spend their money and how they spend their time and that they're not required to be silent about that after something is said and done. With that said, I think that if I find myself bored on a, sat- on a Saturday afternoon for $6, <laughs> why not go to a baseball game, right? However, this does bring up the point of affordability that I think is, some, is, is, is one of the tensions with the baseball stadium, right? That one of the ways in which the stadium is being presented as an affordable option for uh, entertainment, which is good. Yeah. However, I recall some of the frankly absurd things that were said back when the scene was presented. One of the things that was said was that this was going to generate a certain number of hotel stays in the city during one of those public meetings. So on the one hand, we have the proposition of a $6 ticket. Right. On the other hand, the proposition of hotel stays generating revenue, and those things obviously cannot exist at the same time. People are either going to spend a lot of money at a baseball stadium, mm. at a minor league baseball stadium, which what the city hopes for, or they're not going to spend a lot of money at the baseball stadium, which is what is being presented as. It's a complicated story. It really is. And, and, it's a, and it is. Uh, so to that point, you, you do find yourself, even though there are those who would express a desire never to set foot, you, you could imagine yourself going there. Sure. I mean, I mean and, and to be fair, I've written a lot of critical things about the stadium since the beginning. Yes, you have. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll take my kids there if I have a exactly as you said. And and do you is that a, a reasonable sentiment? You think? I mean, whether it's reasonable or not, I think it's up to everybody else, yep. or every person to decide on their own. What how I look at it is that there are so many things the city of Hartford needs. There's so many things that that money could have been done, could have been used for better and could have been used more effectively, right? But now there is a $71 million baseball stadium sitting in walking distance from my house, and I suppose that I could not go to it to make a point, right? Or I could continue to write about it and speak about it in that way, and yeah. on a Saturday afternoon, go to this place that's here for the foreseeable future. Let's say, I, I let's, would, hold would, on, Josh, let's take a quick call, if, I, if, if that's all right, from Mike, one of the biggest boosters in the city of Hartford. Uh, Mike, this is where we live. Hey, good morning. Well, they... they Probably get asked kind of a grouch, as I've been a grouch once around myself. But I think that 
this is an opportunity for Hartford that we can't pass. The use of that facility is a key. Mm. Yeah, we got 70 or so baseball games, but that's another 200 and some odd days that it could be used. And I hope the team, and I'm pretty sure they're going to, will use it. I'll give you a suggestion. I've already talked to Mr. Solomon about this. First night is in a bit of trouble, New Year's Eve, because the city funding had to be cut. The budget was cut almost 50% because of various factors. Boy, if we could use the stadium for first night, what a great thing it would be for a lot of people, especially kids in the North End, a lot of them that didn't come to first night because it's kind of out of their territory. Sure. All right, Mike, uh, thank you for your call. Mike Mike making the pitch that we should use the stadium more broadly. Let's keep going with a couple calls while we're at it. Peter in Stamford, you're on where we live. Uh, yes, we've. this has been uh, inside baseball about the stadium. I want to talk about minor league baseball. You know, there's 500 major league players in the majors in this. I think a, a minor league uh, stadium for every player that's in the majors. And there's minor league uh, ballparks all over the country. Uh, you know, minor league baseball is about hopes and dreams. And uh, I want to see with the podcast, I know this is on a different topic. We discussed the podcast. I want to see p- player profiles. I want to see, uh, you know, really, we, let's just talk baseball. Sure. Because we've, we've, we've been on this thing for, you know, what, what's it now, 20 years or so? Uh, mm. You know, and, and uh, you know, I think the, the, the residents of Hartford will not rest until, you know, the Hartford Whalers get back to downtown, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Hartford. But short of that, I think that this is, a, you know, this is a capital city. It's, uh, and, and we want to, you know, I think, uh, I think Connecticut has like four or five minor league teams. This is a great opportunity. Uh, to, to profile players that might be future Hall of Famers, might be future major leaguers, yep. uh, and uh, let's talk baseball and, and and let's get on with it. I think eight bucks is great, and uh, you know, uh, forget about all. It's it's here, it's now. Let's just do it. Thank you, Peter, for your call. Let's, uh, you know, it, it, Peter brings up a couple things. One, uh, he mentioned the new podcast that we have, WNPR's the second first season, talking about this whole season. You like that? How I did that? Well done. Everyone's yeah, laughing. Well done. <laughs> that, that, Shameless that, uh, plug. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, the other thing he mentioned is another team uh, in the city of Hartford, uh, or once in the city of Hartford. Today is the twentieth anniversary of the last game of the Hartford. Whalers, not everybody uh, is exactly th- thrilled uh, about the overlap on the days. We had a we spoke, WNPR reporter Frankie Graziano spoke with Whalers fan, not a terribly happy one, Joanne Corteza, who won't be going to the game tonight. I don't know if they set up the 13th or if it was the league who did it. It's just a matter of, wow, you, you took April 13th, the day that the Whalers left. I don't have a ticket for it, and I don't want to go. <laughs> right. So, uh, yes. No. Uh, to to other points, this is a happy day. Not a, you know. There's a little bit, a little bit of lingering resentment, but this is the return of professional sports. Uh, not that they completely left, but here we are, Mr. Mayor. Well, you look. First of all, remember we've got a minor league hockey team. We've That's got right. the Wolfpack, uh, right. and I love going to those games uh, with my family too. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing blue and green today, uh, and I think uh, you know the the design of the uh, the yard goats. Uh, you know. Uh, logo and the colors they used and the resonance that has with the whalers I, I think that was a really smart thing to do and i and i feel uh the the uh, the sentiments that were expressed in that quote but at the same time i don't think there's anything wrong with taking the day that you know was so painful in the history's memory mm-hmm. and making it a positive thing um you know the the other thing i just I, and this isn't directly in response to the question but i think it's important to say you know on the bigger picture about hartford one of the reasons that i am so optimistic about our city and where we can go is that 
this is just one more thing to all those people who say there's nothing to do in Hartford. You know, last night I went to a phenomenal production at Theater Works. We've got two world-class producing stages. We've got a world-class art museum. We've got the largest performing arts center in the country. We've got UConn hockey and basketball. We've got the, uh, the Wolfpack. And now we have the Yard Goats. Mm. And I think uh, in addition to that, We've got UConn opening downtown uh, next year, bringing thousands of students uh, to the city center. You've got train service establishing commuter rail connection to New Haven and Springfield. That's why this is such a tantalizing moment for the city of Hartford, because if we can get our fiscal crisis behind us by building that partnership we need with the state, we can make this city the vibrant center of the region that it was in the days of the Whalers' heyday and okay. the days uh, that people remember with so much nostalgia. So last question uh, to Jamil. What will it take in, in 15 seconds, Jamil? What will it take for you to say that this stadium was a great thing for the city? When we look back, if development has actually happened apart from the stadium, I think that's the key. That stadium that development has to happen in other parts of the city mm. and that develop, the stadium can look at as an amenity on top of those things and that we have development in other parts of the city that really benefits the residents. Jamil, thank you. Mr. Mayor, thank you. Luke Brown and Jamil Ragland. Josh Solomon, I have one more quick one for you. Very quickly, food at the ballpark. Uh, BLTs with donuts? Yes, they're delicious, uh, as well as Bears Barbecue, Scott's Beef Patties. There's a whole host of great things to eat and drink at the park. BLT with donuts? A donut on instead of bread? <laughs> don't, don't hate on it until you've right. tried it. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is where we live. Thank you, Josh Solomon, Mr. Mayor, Thanks, Jamil Ragland. Eat it up. Our show is produced by Lydia Brown and Jeff Tyson. Our technical producer is Kion Wolf. WNPR's executive producer is Katie Talarski. Check out WNPR.org where we live for more about the show. I'm Jeff Cohen. Thanks for listening. Come on out with your friends.